Shalom Aleichem. It's Friday, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. We're here. We made it to the end of the week. And good Shabbos for all my Yahudim. Anyways, let's get into how to raise children. But more importantly, let's get into how to raise yourself. That's what this book is. I've completely, I don't even like what they called it anymore. This is now just a how to raise yourself book. Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, first, I want to tell you, I've been learning some languages. It's so exciting. And yo estudio espanol. Je prends le français. And ani lamet yivrit. That is, I am learning Spanish, I'm learning French, and I'm learning Hebrew. Yes, you're wondering, three languages? Seriously, Zeb? Hey, as long as a person has the time to study it is possible. Also, on a side note, before we jump into all this awesome self-reflection through a kid's book, I've been learning a lot about how to learn language. A lot of people think it's just like mathematics, you memorize, blah, blah, blah. No, false. It's actually kind of mind-blowing. You have to have a language parent, is what they say. And so I actually have partnered up with a teammate of mine, because I play with a bunch of Cuban, Dominican guys. This guy's Mexican, but still a lot of Spanish speakers on my baseball team. So I told him I'd give him a little bit of personal training if he taught me Spanish. And by teaching, not actually teaching, but just having a conversation in Spanish, going through magazines, books in Spanish, and pointing at things and telling me, and the rule is no English. When you get someone to be your language parent, no English allowed. I want to do the same thing for Hebrew. Uh, and then my mother, she actually teaches French for kindergartners. So, and she went to school and took French at university. So. This whole time, I feel like a absolute yutz for not using her as a resource. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start t- talking to her in French only for like, uh, you know, an hour long and, and and going from there. Because yes, people, you can learn multiple languages. It just takes longer than if you really narrowed in on one. But to me, I'm looking at this as like a six, seven year thing. I want to be fluent in six or seven years with all three of these languages. And Yeah. We'll see what happens, but the journey has started because just like a failed smoker, or sorry, just like a smoker who's failed to quit, I have failed to learn languages for three years now. I tried Spanish every summer and I kept using Duolingo and would fail because memorization doesn't work. You cannot learn a language. You have to acquire a language. Babies do not learn. They don't memorize the words. They acquire it just from being around people and using patterns. And actually what, and I looked up these videos, what speech pathologists and professors of language say is you cannot memorize grammar right away. It's actually the worst way to learn is to just learn the rules of the language. Don't learn the rules of language. Learn what things are called. Start recognizing patterns when you talk to people and read through children's books and magazines or even sports articles. You'll see patterns. So that's what I'm doing, people. And it's actually the reason I'm cavelling right now about this is it's so exciting. I get so much nachis out of it. It's it's really incredible. And I think that's where the intrinsic motivation is, is knowing that I'll connect with someone's culture one day. Because I'm going to use Hebrew when I go to Israel. I'm going to use Spanish with my teammates. And I'm going to use French with my mother. These are things like the connection is what fires me up about all this. Anyways, and I just like stimulating my brain. Now I'm going to be jumping right back into where we were with this book, and it was called How to Raise, well, it was called Beyond Intelligence, subheading How to Raise Productive and Intelligent Kids. Let's jump right back in here. 
apparently children's are really high achievers until they reach early adolescence sometimes it fades off and that's healthy for them says these torontonian phders so it's okay if they're a little lazy for a while that is okay just remember monkey see monkey do they will perform things that if their environment uh, dictates it so same thing it's okay to be lazy people but just create an environment that is successful and you will be too imagine the analogy i'll use it's like you're on a water slide the environment is tailored for you to go uh, reach the bottom. You could hold on to the sides all you want, but sooner or later you're going to have to go to the bottom versus being not on a water slide and there's no and you have to walk yourself to that pool. That's my analogy. Create that environment. These lazy kids with a good environment, monkey see monkey do, they're in the, they're in the water slide. They're going to slide down to the finish line whether they like it or not. Even if they're holding on and they're lazy and they're holding on to the side and they don't want to go to the pool, they're going to at some point versus a household where they have to walk themselves to the pool because the environment isn't there. There's a fun saying here, the early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. And this reminds me of the lesson that when things aren't as risky as you think, then be the first to try it. Be the trailblazer if you don't think there's risk. However, there's also... A lot when there is a lot of risk there's no harm in learning from others mistakes and then going after it an analogy if you like analogies let's say something risky like real estate investing it's a big purchase that could be your whole life savings going into an investment maybe look at other people's mistakes and then go after it versus making music you can just post music for free on Spotify, yeah, okay, maybe you pay a guitarist a hundred bucks for a few hours, and they, there you got some guitar background, you know what I mean? I don't know, what I'm saying is like, there are things that you should go for and be a trailblazer because there's no risk, and then there are things that are really risky you should learn from others first. Know the difference, and if you don't, you're going to learn the difference, and then you'll serve others, because that's what Jay Shetty says. Sometimes we're on this planet to serve, and don't beat yourself up if you're like, oh, I have to be the one to teach others because of my mistake. No, there is such beauty and joy in that. You actually might be more fulfilled by that. And plot twist, everyone has to be the teacher at some point. Jay Shetty talks about this as well. You are the teacher and the student all the time. There are no, there's no such thing as roles. If right away when someone thinks they're always the teacher, that's wrong. <laughs> uh, people are students. The teacher can be the student and the student can be the teacher. Now, I wrote this down that the book isn't trying to say laziness is good for kids necessarily. This book's saying that instead of being critical, ask questions, have a civil, mature discussion with a child seeking understanding. You don't want to sound like a schmo. Because the last kid, the last thing you want is your kid to have you yelling at them and then they start resenting you saying, my parent doesn't understand and they'll never under, like, no, seek understanding. Now, remember, you can always flip these. If you flip it back on yourself, Ask yourself questions. Seek understanding with yourself. Uh, I forget. There was an old podcast I did. And what book was it? Anyways, I'm going to paraphrase. It said, question the belief. If you start judging yourself, abusing yourself, go, is that even true? Or is that just speculative? Okay. If it is true, where did I learn it from? Okay. Is that valid? Like you have to question where you learned what you learned and why you say what you say to yourself. So you're not so hard on yourself. The artist Salvador Dali said, intelligence without ambition is like a bird without wings. So you need ambition. Intelligence only goes so far. Do you have one or the other? Do you lack in one or the other? 
I want you to think about this. What do you need to approve on? Your intelligence, your ambition. What kind of intelligence? What kind of ambitions? In what realms? Are you really ambitious in some parts of your life? Are you not in others? Are you intelligent in certain parts of your life? Are you not in others? Do you have to be intelligent in those other parts? And do you have to be ambitious in those other parts? Fill the buckets that are important. You tell me. Here's a tip. When children procrastinate, there is often a reason for that procrastination. Never forget that. So as a parent, instead of immediate judgment and ridicule, question, seek understanding, love the kid. So flip that on yourself. When you procrastinate, what's the reason? Seek understanding, love yourself, because you don't mean any harm. When you procrastinate, you truly don't mean yourself harm, okay? Be easy on yourself. If you need guidance here, like maybe you're overwhelmed or maybe you're just under challenged or you're not passionate about something. That's why you're procrastinating. Maybe you're distracted, low on energy, sleep, your nutrition's off. Like there's so many things that can make you wanting to do something else. You know, some people actually enjoy the rush of last minute hustle, eh? You know, and sometimes people lack the necessary skill to do the task. You know, sometimes people have trouble focusing, getting organized or getting frameworks developed, right? These are all things you can have a question, you can have conversation about or question. This is all stuff that, yes, you could teach a kid all this stuff. This is so beneficial for you as an adult. So let's dive into a little bit of confidence. So like giving your kids confidence. How do you teach your kid confidence? Like people sometimes think this is just a natural gift and it is not. Confidence, it can be taught, but you have to do something called lateral thinking or thinking uh, diversely. Teach them what achievement is. Reframe the definition of achievement. Okay? Because according to these PhDs, if you take care of your health in all ways, in all forms, that's how someone will see confidence. That's really interesting. I never thought about that. If your health is there on all aspects, you will be confident. It's actually really interesting. Because, like, it's kind of chicken to the egg, kind of. It's like, okay, physical confidence, uh, physical nature, uh, physical stature, I meant to say, aesthetics. I could boost some confidence but then let's go deeper right if your mental health is there you are going to be a little more confident you're not as insecure anxious depressed whatever if uh, emotional health is there the way you perceive other people's words towards you and the way you feel about a situation the reframing that's 100 percent going to increase your confidence right because you're secure with yourself you're not fragile like it, it really when i start thinking about this going down the list if your health is there your confidence is there And guess how you teach a kid that? You do it. (laughs) Okay? You just show that you you have to articulate that awesome health. And isn't it? Let's go back for a second, not skip past the achievement part. That is also how confidence is developed, achievement. But you have to define that differently. You can't tell them achievement is like just being on top of a bunch of bodies or skulls. No, no, no. Like achievement isn't putting other people down. Like achievement's this super subjective thing that you do intrinsically. Like you have to be wanting to beat yourself from, you know, like you want to be better than your past self. You have to teach your kid that and you can't just, so achievement, it's a slippery slope. You don't want to make it toxic with the kid, but that's when they feel they're achieving, right? And that's why I like that they tied it to health. When you are, you're, you are achieving something if you're making your health better. And, and just on a really, on a side note, let's just go back to the confidence. Imagine, picture this, okay? 
bird's eye view of a person walking down the street. They've really taken care of themselves, really taken care of themselves. And guess what people want? People want to take care of themselves. They want to feel good. So when someone feels really good, because we are just bundles of energy, you walk, picture bird's eye view, someone walking down the street. Okay. Now imagine they're a magnet (laughs) and everyone who wants to feel good about themselves and feel awesome. They're going to just slowly drift to that person and just picture these like magnetic waves pulling people towards this person. And let's take, let's look at the contrary. Someone who really hates themselves and doesn't want to even improve because God forbid that's a deeper thing. I won't go. Then it's the opposite. They're going down the street. It's the opposite magnet. People are just actually pushing away from them. But there are a few people who are getting pulled towards them. And that is the other wallowers, the people who like to wallow in their self pity and they need a pity party and they get drifted. So like the law of attraction it's a theory, it's philosophy, but it kind of is true. And just picture that, okay? Literally, it's impossible. And this is the thing. When people start intentionally trying to get others to validate them and pull others into them, that is out of a place of lack. That is, again, out of a place of full lack. Like the, to, to want that, to have to like go and reach out and constantly go out and force that stuff, people aren't going to drift towards you. Now, if you never left the house, people will never even know you're there. Like they'll, they literally can't get to you, but there's a middle ground. (laughs) The magnetic analogy is perfect actually, because a magnet when kilometers away will not attach to, to another. When, when magnets get close to one another, they do, they do uh, attract each other. So you do have to get in range with other people who share your energy, whatever you want to call it. You have to get close to them and then they'll come to you, right? It makes sense. Now, going back to chapter three, if you help guide your kids to thrive amongst their own interests, that is how you lead them to confidence. You, you know what I mean? And for you too, once you realize what you're actually interested in, you have hobbies with, double down, double down, and you're going to be confident. I like this part in the book. It says that kids need to know that they have help, period. So in any context, the, the authors say children... They should never feel like they have to take things on their own. They shouldn't have to take things on single-handed. And what I'm thinking is don't confuse this with a lack of independence, okay? A child can feel like they can ask for help and still feel empowered for their independence. No different than we Google, right? So you might feel independent. Or actually, what am I saying? I feel independent, okay? And I have no issue Googling because I still feel independent when I Google stuff on my own. No different, like parents can be like that Google. The kids are independent, just they have that helping hand. And so when we flip that and reflect, it's okay for you to get help. You can still be an independent person, but seek help. This is cool. So we, we know comparison. And we've t- if you go way back and listen to my Dr. Lori Santos, Science of Wellbeing course episodes, you know comparison is the worst, literally is the thief of joy. Elizabeth Fischel, she, this famous person says, comparison's a death knell to siblings' harmony. I'll say that again. Comparison is a death knell to siblings' harmony. Now, I'm actually going to Google knell. I want to see the definition of knell. Knell definition. Oh, okay, knell. It's the sound of a bell, especially when rung solemnly for a death or funeral. Okay, okay. So I get it. She's saying, that's very poetic. She's saying comparison is that death knell that bell of death to siblings harmony now this is so interesting because 
my brother, way smarter than me academically and analytically, now that I've read this book and I know the different types of intellect, he's got a lot more analytical intelligence, which sad, but the education system admires that more than one of EQ and SQ, which is what I have. So my brother and I weren't necessarily in harmony. Like we're best friends. We've lived together a whole life. Still do. Love the guy. I would take a bullet for him any, without even thinking twice. However, it, you know, there we did argue a lot and we had hard feelings towards one another for a long time. Some actually kind of still do a little bit when it, things like this come up. Now I've let it go because of all this self-help over the last three years. I have let that go. But like I'm telling you, I'd be lying to you if it wasn't just still in there. And yeah, that, that's so true. Like my brother and I always were comparing always sports, education, friends, girls. We were always comparing and it is a, a death knell to that harmony. Like we aren't, we could have a better relationship. Even though our relationship's awesome, we could have a better relationship if we didn't compare. I have young divers. I train divers that is brother and sister. They compare all the time. And I've told them this a few times. Like, hey, trust me from experience. Comparison is not good, blah, 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 blah. It's not just, it, they have to learn from themselves because it's not sticking. And that's how it is sometimes. Like, they're just going to have to learn from themselves. Now, on a side note, this is awesome. I love this. These PhD Torontonians say, <laughs> don't make mis- the mistake of being a parent who just because a kid's brilliant, they assume they're emotionally okay. Okay? That is so valuable because you can flip that onto yourself and people in your life. When people are super brilliant, smart, and creative, it doesn't mean they're okay emotionally. Okay, I'll paraphrase something. One of the PhDs said that we are watching to see what our kids do. However, our kids are also watching to see what we do, okay? So instead of telling someone to reach for the sun, it's actually more effective to reach for the the sun yourself. So you're going to think, Zev, how could you flip this onto yourself? Get this. Instead of telling yourself, I'm going to get work done today. You have to prove, actually, I don't like the word prove, express to yourself that you can do work and then it'll become habitual. Then you've shown yourself that you're capable and that will be way more motivating than telling yourself you can't. Because if you sit there and just keep saying, do it, do it, like you're sitting there, you're not actually doing it. It's actually no different than for the kid. And I know, I know you're like, Zev, that doesn't really help. What I, I literally have to get up. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And I know it's chicken or the egg. It kind of starts with you telling yourself that. But do it for future you, not current you. Teach future you the habits you want. And you can instill habits for future future self. And so that's what you have to do right now. Here's a good way to cope with if you are insecure or envious of a uh, family member's skills and intellect. They mentioned that you should value that ability of theirs. Admire it for them. Okay, this actually reminds me of a concept in Live Like a Monk. It's the question. Think what you envy in someone you love, okay? And I want you to do this. Think about someone you love. What do you envy in them? Now, would you strip that away from them? Imagine how sad they'd be waking up without that ability or or characteristic. Of course you wouldn't strip that from them. You wouldn't want them to be sad. So what's left? You must love them for that. You have to admire them for that. So let's switch that frame of mind around. (laughs) That's how they concluded chapter nine. Let's jump into chapter 10. 
Actually, we'll jump into chapter 10 next week. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, I'll see you all around. Adios, shalom, and au revoir. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, rate five stars and review it. Say whatever you want in whatever language you want. I know, I know. I doubt I have any other random listeners from other countries. If you're from another country, by all means, that's really cool. This is, I'm really enjoying this. Oh my gosh, I love podcasting. So take care and I wish you all the best. Seriously, shalom aleichem. Shabbat shalom. Have a great weekend. All my goyim. Take care.